You are listening to Microchurches, a podcast for missionaries and leaders living out their God-given calling through this small expression of the church. This podcast is meant to encourage, equip, and contribute to the overall discussion of this smaller way. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. You are listening to Microchurches, a podcast for people brave enough to be small. This is your host, Tommy Wilkerson. And in this particular series, we are looking at the, the basics of microchurch life, things that we feel like every missionary and leader should consider as they are diving into the waters of microchurch. And so we began the series by talking about kind of contextualizing the ecclesial minimum to uh, your setting. But in this, we want to dive into a little bit more of the, the nuts and bolts and the bits and pieces of it. And so I'm so grateful to be joined by Jeremy as we continue this conversation uh, and in this particular one, uh, I just want to talk about uh, kind of these two spaces that we feel like are important to microchurch life. So uh, it occurs to me, Jeremy, as we begin this conversation, oftentimes what we say is, you know, the microchurch is a worshiping community on mission, or it's where we see worship community and mission come together. And I think the temptation can be that, you know, you think of that existing in one place. And yet, in places I've heard you speak and I've heard you teach, that's not necessarily the case. So I would love for you to unpack that for me. These, uh, yeah, what do we mean when we're talking about those things coming together? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to use some language here that, um, not F-bombs, but uh, just (laughs) (laughs) a language that might be unfamiliar, but in a way doing that because we need to get uh, our, our imagination kind of expanded a little bit on what it means to be microchurch, to be the church. So this, some of this comes from uh, uh, Ralph Winter. Um, he's a missiologist uh, back in the day. And he, he basically described these spaces, modalic space and a sodalic space. So uh, really quick, modalic space is like the place of healing, the place of belonging, the place of like, you know, you might call it high community and a place where you could just freely worship Jesus. Like it's a, oftentimes it's the living room and there's dinner and you get to like prophetically pray for each other and get freaky deaky and worship in tongues and all that stuff, right? It's a safe space. Um, this is where shepherds thrive and, and they, they love it. So Dalek space is really the place of risk. It's the place of adventure. It's the place of the edge of the kingdom. It's where the rule and reign of Jesus doesn't yet exist. Hmm. It's the strip club dressing room. It's the two streets over, you know, where they're selling meth, you know? Hmm. <laughs> it like, that's a sodalic space. If we, if I want to go with you and we just want to have like a really great prayer time and a, you know, confession of sin and love for one another and just like sing, you know, our love for Jesus, we may not choose that corner of that street to do that. That, that. that may not be the correct space for that to occur. Right. So it, oftentimes microchurches will stumble into uh, conflating the two spaces into one space. So they say, we want mission and risk and adventure and our outreach to non-Christians to occur in the living room where we're confessing our sins and deeply worshiping Jesus and caring for one another's hurts and wounds and stuff like that. Hmm. And you try to do everything in one space at one time. And inevitably, at some point, I mean, sometimes that can happen accidentally, and it's, it's really beautiful. But for the most part, if you do that every week, you're going to 
start feeling anemic. Either you're not really going to be able to love one another well and care for each other's wounds and carry each other's burdens and do that type of like worship community stuff as mm. well. Like it's still there, yeah. but it's just, it's small, you know, and, and and the mission's popping. Like all these new people are showing up and non-Christians right. are showing up and people coming in drunk or whatever. It's just <laughs> like, and the, your your attention's really in the, it's, it becomes a sodalic space at that point. Or those people don't show up because they're really not welcome because you're getting it on in worship. Mm. And they're like, I don't even know if I believe the Bible's real or God is good or mm. like I'm super skeptical and this is not the space. For me. So it, it's really only a modalic space. And what the microchurch is, uh, they wouldn't use the language modalic, sodalic. It's not like we force people to use right. that language. But if I'm coaching them, what they start hinting at is like we feel something's off. We feel sluggish we feel and then sometimes they'll even start questioning themselves like are we really the church type mm. of thing are we really being like the church jesus wants us to be and i'm like no you are the church there is worship community mission happening but you're anemic like one of your circles in that venn diagram worship yeah. community mission one of those one of those circles is probably really small and you're feeling that it exists like it, it's totally there but it, it feels small and you're feeling it. You're feeling anemic. You're feeling sluggish. It's it, Like if you're anemic, you're still a human, even mm. though you feel off, even though you feel sluggish. It's not like all of a sudden <laughs> because you're anemic, you're no longer human right. or worthwhile or whatever. <laughs> you just, you need some iron, you mm. know? <laughs> yeah. and, and it's a similar way. It's when it's, it's like, man, you're not really missing something completely. It's just deficient. And so... What I advise people is like, you, you need two spaces. You need both spaces. Mm. And both spaces represent the life of being the church. To be a microchurch is to live in and out of both of those spaces. To go from Sodalic, where you're in the strip club dressing room, where you're two streets over, or you're working with your coworkers, and you're praying for them, and trying to have spiritual conversations with those folks, or going to the soccer mom thing and it's it's an outreach it's a place of so so dalek's adventure risk god you know would you do something would you open up a conversation you know you don't really know what's going to happen and you're definitely not really in charge usually of those spaces <laughs> um you know uh because it's for other people <clears throat> and uh and in that space you, you you do that but at the same time you're also going to go to a modalic space there's a there's another space where you can just kind of like you know confess your sins Right. You know, I'm not going to confess my sins to a non-Christian. You know, I mean, maybe, but it it's a different thing yeah. at that point, you know. Uh, they have no authority for absolution. Right. Okay, so right. it's like I could confess my sins, but it's more like I'm I'm uh, just telling them my sins. With brothers and sisters in the Lord, I'm confessing my sins for absolution, right? Mm. Uh, so, I, so there's a modalic space. And so you go back to the living room, you have dinner, and you share your life, and you worship Jesus— and, and you kind of go in and out of those spaces. Now, we w I would never prescribe somebody, what's the frequency rate? How many mm -hmm. sodalic spaces should I be going in? And how many modalic spaces should I be going in? Do we all have to go to the same sodalic space? Do we all have, you know, that type of stuff? All I know is like, as a microchurch, you have a modalic space and you have either one or more sodalic spaces, hmm. right? And and all of that, I think, is being the church, hmm. right? So if we locate church on like a location, 
Well, that's the same thing as saying the building. Mm. Is the building church? No. Well, then your living room is also not church. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Uh, or the, the park where you're doing outreach. That is also not church. If the location, you know, so, it, but we, we do fall back into that. You yeah. know, we, we kind of become pagans again. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he's the god of this park or whatever. And you know, it's, he becomes a local localized deity, essentially. Mm. Uh, but he's not. He's Yahweh. So he is the I am. So it's, it's just it's different. Yeah. You know, he makes us his church, his body, his temple. So anyway, that's a little bit about that. Uh, hopefully that's uh, yeah, somewhat clear. That's, that's, that's interesting because I think what I – there's – I mean, as always, you know, a number of thoughts come to, to my head when you talk about this. I love that you, you use it in reference to the life of the church, that there's uh, the outreach component, but there's also kind of the, the – the, the safety, the belonging, the confession, the the time as family, brothers and sisters in Christ, um, that is also crucial to the life of the church. I, I could imagine as people are listening to this, so maybe the natural tendency, as always, it's like you hear Sodalic, you hear Modalic, you hear what they represent, and you think, okay, so basically that's a house church, and then that's a, a mission-specific church, and those two things are different. Like there's um, if you're a house church, you're a modalic space. And if you're a mission church, then you're a sodalic space. And what you're saying actually is like, no, you need both of those. Both yes. both the house church and the mission-specific church need both of these spaces. Yeah, yeah. You might want to find one is easier, mm-hmm. like creative, going, you know, working with women in the sex industry. It's like rolling up on the strip clubs. Right. It's like that's a sodalic space, super intense, there is community. There is they're there for Jesus, but they're not kumbayaing in the yeah. strip club dressing room. Like that's not. I don't know of one instance where they just took a guitar and said, <laughs> "We're just going to worship Jesus tonight and just like <laughs> bask in His glory." It's like that's not what's happening in that space. <laughs> and if they only go there and they have no place to soak in the presence of God, mm. it, they start feeling it, and yet. There's still the church. If even I'm telling you, yeah. There's still the church in that dressing room. There's still worship, community, and mission happening in that dressing room. Mm. It's still them being the church, and yet at the same time, they're going to start feeling some deficiencies, hmm. and so they do need a modalic space. Yeah. Same thing with the house church. They, they may gravitate towards like loving one another and Bible study and the living room and sharing a dinner and stuff like that. That might be something become very natural for them, right? right. You know. And, and yet, if they only do that, and, and a non-Christian could come into that space, mm. they could. They, those there are non-Christians that are close enough to the kingdom hmm. that they're like, I would love to join your living room Bible study dinner time, right? right? And so it's like there's mission. So hmm. there's worship community mission happening in that space, and it's it's wonderful, it's beautiful. At the same time, if they only do that in that space, they're going to start feeling like, man, we, we it's it's something's off, something's off, and that's yeah. usually what a microchurch leader will say, like. Like, yeah, we're doing it, but it's, it's, there's something off. And usually when we start just kind of getting this, some of the behind the scenes, some, some of this language to help frame it, yeah, they go, oh, that makes a lot of sense all of a mm. sudden. You know, it, it starts clicking and they go, right, we we still need a, a like a missional space. So right. a house church may be more distributive. Those people that are part of that, that microchurch modalic space may end up having five different missional spaces, sodalic spaces that they mm. go into, you know. But there's there's unity and there's prayer. So there's there's like a 
you know, they they all know about those spaces. It's not like, hey, good luck among the wolves, you know. <laughs> uh, but there's a sentness to it, even if they're not all going to the same space. Uh, hmm. So, yeah, di- different microchurches probably will gravitate to one space or the other space. They'll probably be, you know, maybe even experts in yeah. one space. Uh, but that doesn't mean they don't need the other space. Hmm. Uh, yeah. At least that's, I mean, after doing it for 20 years, that's the best I could figure out. Yeah, yeah. No, that's helpful. And then I, I mean, even with that, there's, there's a way that I feel like that idea of these two spaces, the sodalic and the modalic, has implications for maybe uh, traditional churches, and and not to say that we're trying to bash the institutionalized traditional church, but I mean, even that, just like the notion that you need these two spaces in order to really feel the the fullness of the church and yet i know for a lot of people maybe sunday service or a wednesday night small group or something it there it there's a day that maybe you converge on and and yet these two spaces kind of beg for more than just traditional sunday service attendance or what have you yeah or even micro church attendance there's right. a way that you could just attend a micro church and you're not really engaged and mm. you're not you know, it's like you're still not being the church yeah. as an individual. Yeah. So you're like interacting with the church. And that often happens with like non-believers that may join my micro church over the years. They're coming, they're spectating. Yeah. You know, and it, it they have a different experience, to yeah. be honest, you know. Yeah. And so with that, uh, talking about sodalic and modalic spaces uh, and how one type of micro church might I don't know, do one a little bit more naturally. uh I know that in other conversations, when we give kind of the overview of microchurches, we do talk about how these spaces might somehow say something about the type of microchurch that you are. And so I'd love for you to kind of get into that, like the how they relate to the type of microchurch you are. And then uh, I think oftentimes maybe people will have the question of if is one better than the other? What are the, the pitfalls of right, each? Right. Like how do what are the strengths, weaknesses, all all of that? Yeah, so as far as, I mean, this is very descriptive. It's not something that we set out, you know, 15, 20 years and said, oh, here's our theory on what churches might look like. It's like after we did it for 10 years, Mm. we said, we need better ways to describe what the heck's going on here, (laughs) you know, because it's it's complicated. It's it's like life. It's even at like the amoeba level. It's actually really complicated, (laughs) even though it's like, oh, you're a single cell organism. It's life. I mean, the life of the church is like the life of God, and it's it's a little hard to describe. So hmm. this is our attempt to describe the life of the church um, in a descriptive way. So um, <clears throat> the as far as we, as far as I can tell and observe, there are two general types of microchurches. One is a specific mission microchurch that has one specific sodalic space, hmm. one particular like focused mission you know we are mentoring middle school black girls right it's focused they have a sodalic space for that and then the leadership team creates a modalic space you know and so there there's a modalic space and they all move it together in unity towards one sodalic space and it's awesome yeah usually they could do some really deep work they could get into some crazy cracks and crevices in the city it's just like awesome you know, and they're like special forces, you know, <laughs> I mean, Mom Africana special forces created special forces. 
And, and, and usually those are ones that we, we do talk about quite frequently because it's, it's so concrete, mm. you know, what they're doing. Yeah. And it is kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's easy just to get hype about it. So uh, usually those do have like a deeper work, but it's not very broad. They do have a tendency to not grow very fast because uh, there is uh, the more specific the mission and the more difficult the mission, then the the lower the growth rate tends to be. Right. And so, and that's not good or bad. We're just saying it's a description. So, if you're frustrated that you're growing slowly, well, okay, maybe you shouldn't reach Saudi Arabian Muslims because <laughs> that's super specific and really difficult. Right. So it may take a minute to like make a friend. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let alone like somebody confessing Jesus. Right. 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 Um, yeah, and then also. They have a harder time activating potential missional Christians. So they grow two ways. One is converts from the mission field, but the second is activation of potential missional Christians. And, you know, Mom Africana, I think, is a great example because it's like you kind of have to be black. You have to be a woman. You have to be a Christian. And you have to be called to mentor black girls. So of the total population of black women in this city, it's like... You know, it gets real narrow. Yeah. You know, who are you going to activate to join this specific mission? It's a, you know, it's a handful of people, really. So the growth rate's a little bit slower. And they do, they they do an awesome job at having very focused mission. Um, and, and uh, like, because they're all doing it. There's like, it's, there's focus and there's unity. They do struggle with uh, caring for each other. Because it's it could be so much about the mission, so much about the people they're reaching and the needs of the people they're reaching that they kind of forget to carry each other. So the love one another verses, you know, sometimes that could be on the back burner, right? Right, and they may forget about those pieces, oh, or just the, um, you know, uh, like spiritual disciplines or something like that. It's like there's some that are very internal. It's not, it's, it, you know, it's it's sitting at the feet of Jesus and, you know, marinating in his love. And mm. uh, sometimes those microchurches, they're so active, it's so focused, they could forget to like, yo, you should be Mary, not Martha, <laughs> you know? <laughs> they can have a hard time with that. Right. Um, you know, those are just general trends. Obviously, it depends on the leader and the season and all that stuff. So I think we all struggle with Mary, Martha stuff. Um so that that's a specific mission microchurch. The second type of microchurch is the distributive mission microchurch. And that's where you have like a modalic space, like a home base, where mm. there's like, you know, worship and community and it's belonging and it's really beautiful. Um, but you have multiple missional spaces, multiple right. missional spheres. So you're like one group that are like sent to multiple spaces. You distribute the mission. And so what's what's great about this is that their work is usually very broad. They can reach lots of different places. Mm-hmm. If if one missional sphere isn't really popping off or kicking off, somebody else comes in with a testimony of some kind of breakthrough. So every every week you're kind of rejoicing, even yeah. if it's like it wasn't your week to rejoice. Like, eh, yeah, I got rejected all week, you know. <laughs> you, you come in, but, but you know, Shane had a breakthrough conversation with this dude, and he's going to, like, do Bible study with this guy he's been praying for for, like, three years or something. You're like, hmm. praise, you know, you're so happy about it, even though, like, you got the door slammed in your face. Right. Right? So there's there's always, like, a sense of, like, 
a possibility a movement and like a next step it's usually really like someone is experiencing that and then the group can feed off of it right um but the work is a bit more shallow you know it, it's more broad but it's usually a little more shallow they're not going to probably change the laws of florida when it comes to human trafficking right right that's a specific mission micro church is going to do that yeah but they are going to reach neighbors and co-workers and um you know uh, dog lover clubs and social board gamers and hmm. CrossFit gyms. You know, it's 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 broad, uh, but it it's probably not as deep. You know, they're not going to shake society um, hmm. type of thing. Uh, at least not not the way a specific mission would. Uh, you, you see a lot of traction with uh, activation of potential missional Christians because it's like. Uh, it does kind of doesn't matter where you are. It's like, do you want to join our group and like learn how to follow Jesus and right. do what he's asking you to do, do the mission he's asking you to do? If it's like even a marginal yes, come on in, you know, mm. like you could come with me as I go do ultimate Frisbee outreach. And, <laughs> you know, Mickey from Nigeria, you know, she she um, came to my microchurch and I was doing social board gaming club. Mm. And it, it's actually a massive subculture here in Tampa. And, and she was like, I don't really know like who God's asking me to reach. I was like, well, just come with me then. You know, mm-hmm. you, I mean, you want to go play some games and like try to like talk to people about Jesus and, and befriend people and maybe even pray. I don't know. Who knows what will happen, right? Yeah. And she was like, okay, you know. <laughs> and, um, you know, she became the Nigerian princess of the board gaming <laughs> group. I'm not even playing. <laughs> like, that's how I would introduce her. Yeah. It's so people thought she was an actual princess sometimes. <laughs> So that was pretty fun for me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and her name's not Mickey. Mm. You know, um, what, what, what's her name? Uh, I, I can't ever really pronounce it. It's uh, yeah. Mononoke or something like that. Wow. Okay. So it's like, yeah. So I I'd introduce, I try to introduce her by her like actual name. Mm. And people are like, oh, it's so foreign. It's so, she must be a princess. You know? <laughs> she was like, Jeremy, stop. And I'm like, I'm never going to stop. This is awesome. <laughs> so she would join me. It's so easy. It's a wide front door for um, potential missional Christians, PMCs. So you see a lot of those folks get activated and take their their you know first steps into missional waters uh, in, into those places. And you do see the incubation of new microchurches. So hmm. you know you know Barron Bible or medical workers. You know th- these these are ones that were incubated uh, in a distributive mission microchurch that eventually launched out and became specific mission microchurches. Hmm. So you do. See that, and it's a nice workaround. So in our network, if you get somebody who has a calling, but you're like, oh, I don't know if you have the maturity, right? You know, laying hands on a little too quick. It's like, yo, we totally bless you. You should obey Jesus, but maybe you should incubate that in this other distributed microchurch mm. where you're not the elder, right? Like you, you actually don't have the standard of an elder yet, mm. right? You, you don't live. You're not there yet, buddy. Right. So why don't you not be the elder? But you could still, in a distributive mission microchurch, obey that calling, obey that mission, love those people, but you're also not responsible. You're you're not the leader. You're not the elder of a microchurch. So those are the two types. Um, the distributive does have tends to have a little bit faster growth rate. You see the incubation. But they do have the challenge of accountable missional steps. Right. So 
I'm going to reach my coworkers. Okay, cool. But I'm not going to be there with you as you try to reach your coworkers. Right. So you could be lying to me. You know, that's that's one potential. Or you could be embarrassing the name of Jesus. That's another possibility. <laughs> and we don't really know because I'm not allowed to go to your workplace. Like, it's weird. Right. right? Um, and so they, they do have to problem solve. Like, how do we create non-pharisaical, non-legalistic, but accountable, actionable, missional steps? Like, they mm. have to figure that out and, and work through that process. And, and that's, a, that's a major growth edge for a distributive mission microchurch. Hmm. Interesting. And both of those, uh, you mentioned this thing that I've, I've heard you allude to, and we've talked about it a little bit, maybe other spaces, but we don't talk about too much. And that's just the, the whole idea of PMCs and the PMC pipeline uh, and how, I guess, every microchurch, whether you're a distributive incubator, house church, uh, or more mission specific there, you have to be looking for ways that, yeah, that pipeline of PMCs. Uh, and I'd love for you to just kind of unpack that idea too, just like the role of PMCs, that pipeline, and the necessity of that in microchurches. Well, I think it's t- it's just where are you growing, and mm. what's your role? So your role is, if you're a microchurch leader, your role is to reach the edges of the kingdom. That's part of the mission. Mm. But it's also community, which I would put discipleship. Like you, you should, you know, make disciples. <laughs> yeah, and. And that's where PMCs would fall. So there's there's people that God has given you within your group that you should disciple. There's people outside of your group that you're reaching in the name of Jesus and loving. But there's people that are looking to be activated, looking to take steps in missional waters. They're, they are Christians, though. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think, man, you, you should be, that's a part of your role as well. That's a part of discipling. Yeah. You're a disciple maker. And some of those people are very obvious, but some of those people you haven't met yet. And if if you met them and they just, you know, just, uh, you know, got inspired, got challenged, got trained, got whatever. I mean, it could change their whole world. Yeah. You know, and of course, we've seen that. We've seen people that were already kind of Christians, but they weren't missional at all. They just were consumers. But then they met a microchurch. And there, there was there was some kind of like love, affection, curiosity type of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they they took steps towards that microchurch, and that microchurch received them and said, "Yeah, welcome." You know, that's a PMC pipeline. Yeah. Now, where does that come from? Does it come from? Do you have a very specific one? Like, yeah, we have a connection with this local congregation, this other faith community, this uh, First Baptist of Tampa, but we have good relationships with those people and. There's a bunch of people that are really curious to, you know, join this microchurch and participate. And we're not going to say no to that. They don't have to quit First Baptist. Mm. It's like, why? They need to follow Jesus. Right. And if they're, if Jesus is asking them to join us. Now, if they just want to be like sexy Christians, like, ooh, we want to get in on the missional thing because, like, we want to prove our relationship with God. Very quickly, I would have a discipleship conversation with them about that. <laughs> and then we'll find out, like, if that's truly their heart, which is, like, not really great. Yeah. Or if it's just they just thought that that's what you should say mm. and they didn't know better. It's like, bro, God loves you. Right. <laughs> like, we have to delineate these things. Hmm. So now, because he loves you, 
what is he asking you? What's he inviting you into? What's this adventure? You know, let's let's ask that question now. So uh, I think every microchurch needs to be thinking about, you know, who are the Christians that we might run into either actively or reactively, mm. right? That we God might be asking us to activate those people. Yeah. Uh, you know, as we are also looking for those who are, you know, needing to say yes to the kingdom at all. So it's kind of two outreaches, two growth points huh. for every microchurch. And, and again, some of them are very obvious and some of them are not. Yeah, because I think even if we talk about it, I think I could sense maybe like if the if I could kind of predict the listener and their emotions, there's a sense of, okay, all this is helpful. Maybe I didn't think about this before. And now there's a question of like a how-to almost. Like, all right, if I had like setting up a modalic or a sodalic space in itself is a step, but then how do you actually optimize? How do you actually leverage? How do you do these two spaces well? How do you... Uh, build a PMC pipeline, and then for those Christians that are coming, how do we actually activate them? How do I identify? What do we even mean? What are we looking for when we're talking about potentially missional Christians? Uh, and so I would just kind of love to kind of go through that. Like if we're talking sodalic and modalic spaces, uh, maybe it's a bad question to ask, but yeah, how can we optimize those spaces? What does it look like to have strong modalic spaces and strong sodalic spaces if you have any thoughts around that well i i love the as simple as i could put it is okay you think about your modalic space large heading belonging healing uh connection safety some stuff like that i don't really like using the word safety in the current era <laughs> that we live in i think that's concept has crept quite a bit but you know what i'm saying yeah right this is a place to let it down and kind of, you know, let people uh, be vulnerable, you know. Um, so right. then I, over that, I would I would lay on top of that the, the Venn diagram, worship, community, mission. Hmm. And I would say, okay, in this modalic space, so there's it's safety, belonging, you know, <clears throat> how do we, how is God asking us to worship him? in this space and how is he asking us to connect with each other and love one another in this space and how is he asking us to participate in his mission in this space hmm. so uh the the worship is like okay yo we're getting freaky deaky it's on like donkey kong you know like we're doing it right we're just gonna let loose and we're running around the living room full pentecostal full pentecostal <laughs> or we're not. We're going to do Bible study. We're just right. doing an inductive Bible study. We're just trying to hear what he's trying to say through his revealed word, whatever. And, and you just get a sense like we, we feel like God is asking us to worship him in this space like that. And it's a safe space to do that, right? And it's a healing space to do that. Okay, what about connect? Well, we, we, we feel like there's something about, you know, confessing each other, you know, to each other, you know, an absolution, confession and absolution. So we're going we're gonna to have that like once a month. In this space, as far as like community and connection, we're going to break out gender specific, you know, kind of thing. Um, or, or maybe it's just like tell your life story or, um, you know, uh, trust falls. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're trying to discern, okay, God, how do you want us to connect and carry each other's burdens? And how do we love one another in this space? Um, you know, maybe it's, it's a bunch of married couples. It's like, you know, we're, you know, we're inviting the married couples to like, 
air their dirty laundry. Mm. Like, how are you guys loving each other? Are you connecting with each other? Are you giving each other silent treatment? Are you, like, yelling, throwing stuff at each other? Like, you know, like, this is a place to talk about some of that stuff, if you want, you know. And and we've done that in my microchurch. And and we invited this one couple. We're like, (laughs) do you want to process this stuff, Mm. like, with the church? And they were like, they were super nervous because they've seen stuff like that go bad in other church contexts, right? Uh, I said, no, this is just a place like for us to talk and for us to talk with you. And, you know, just tr- we're just trying to find wisdom at the end of the day. Mm. And, of course, it was like super community time. I mean, everybody, even the people that weren't married, they're like, this was awesome. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, what the heck? And it wasn't like we changed their whole marriage or something like that. It was just, yo, we just talked about it and cared for you and prayed for you. That was mm. it. You know, yeah. Um, so so, and and then the mission thing, and it's not like okay, now we're all gonna go out and do like feeding the homeless at the park. Maybe, maybe, right? right? You know, we have done like treasure hunts and prayer walkings in my micro church. You know, as a part of like as a part of the modalic space, hmm. we're gonna go from this place to do like some just try to find somebody to do prayer ministry with out on the streets, right? But a lot of times it's it's more like peer coaching. Hey guys, you know, uh, let's just identify. Let's all speak out loud who God has put on our heart, the name of the person that He's put on our heart. Uh, you maybe maybe it's three or four or five people, you know. And now let's just take time to pray. And like, what what's the next step? What's the next step this week? He's inviting you into missionally hmm. in your sodalic space because in you know, my microchurch is it's always been distributive, right? And um, and then we do a lot of peer coaching. All right, you know, awesome. So t- tell us about what's going on. What's going on with this relationship and what's God doing and what are the barriers and what are the highlights and where have you like kind of screwed it up a little bit, you know? Right. And everybody, you know, maybe sometimes you get in pairs if it's like super in-depth and um, and and that's that's part of the missional piece. It's hmm. still missional, but it's kind of equipping for mission yeah, yeah. type of thing. But we've also done like, we did a house concert where it's like, we're all doing different mission out in the world, but we're going to unify that mission in this one moment. And we're going to throw, we, we did a, a multi-ethnic Thanksgiving one year, mm. you know, actually we've done it a bunch, but this, you know, and it was like everybody bringing their own missional spaces, invited their friends to come together for a multi-ethnic Thanksgiving. And we had it on my driveway and I mean, it was awesome. All these people showed up and it was a bunch of people that didn't know each other and they met each other. It was like people I was reaching met somebody else in the hmm. microchurch, and those people connected, and then like didn't want, really want to meet with me anymore. <laughs> they wanted to meet with this other person, and this other person leads them to the Lord. You know, it's that type yeah. of stuff happens, and we that's happened so much that that we're just like, okay, we just have to admit sometimes we're our assignment with this person that God's put on our heart is only for a certain amount of time, right? And then it then it's actually somebody else's role in the church to love that person, but they have to know each other. Yeah, right. Because like we're just coworkers, so there's there's no way for them to meet somebody else unless we have a house concert. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and they meet the rest of the church, and that's happened a ton in our micro churches. Like oh, I'm all like every time we do those unifying events, we within four weeks 
there's a bunch of people now investigating Jesus in Bible studies, wow. which for my microchurch is usually like a pretty significant step of evangelism. It's right. like, you know, you actually need to look at Jesus for yourself type of thing. <laughs> and it's it's like pretty strong correlation. Yeah, yeah. Like, so and sometimes it's not with a person who like initially did the outreach. It's with somebody That's else. That's so interesting. It's so crazy, dude. <laughs> so yeah, again, and then you do the same thing with Sodalic Space. Like, okay, how, how do we? How's God asking us to worship? You know, how's He asking us to like connect and be community? How's He asking us? So in the Sodalic Space, especially if it's distributive, hmm. it's like, okay, I'm outreaching my coworkers. Well, how you know, there's a unity or practice of like prayer. Like as you cross the threshold of your workplace, we're all committing to the Basically, the declaration, the kingdom of God has come near. Interesting. So it's like everybody who, when they go to work, every time they cross the threshold of their work, they declare in prayer, the kingdom of God has now come near. Hmm. You know, something like that, right? It's simple. Yeah. It's, you know, you're not busting out a guitar, you know, and doing Bethel worship music or something like that. But you are, um, or maybe it's you're your taking time, you know, at, at 10 a.m. for five minutes to, to intercede for five coworkers. Something like mm. that. And so, you know, you could kind of form these unifying practices that could really help people, um, even if it's distributive, know like, mm-hmm. hey, we're worshiping Jesus in our sodalic spaces. Same thing with community. Maybe you have a, a whatever, a, a group me app, you know, and you just, once a week, you just chime in like, hey, this is what I'm, I was praying for this person, this is what I was feeling. So it's like, you never even had the conversation, but you're you're giving some kind of report Right. Of like, hey, I, you know, oh my gosh, I had this great conversation with this guy today. I got to pray for somebody at work today. Hmm. That type of thing, right? Yeah. Or, or man, this dude said that he hated me, you know? (laughs) 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 So there's some kind of like touch point connection that could be community. Um, And of course, the mission is that missional step, that, Mm. that gospel intentionality of, Hey man, I'm just trying to get to know this person's story this week or this month, you know. So I want to have those type of conversations with them, hmm. and 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 again, so that's how I would do it. I would say, here's your space. Here's what those spaces are intended for. Now look at the Venn diagram, worship community mission. Hmm. Now discern the how of worship community mission per space. Okay. And then sometimes you'll see some overlaps too. It's not like they're yeah. completely independent spaces it's right. it's the life of the church it's right. just you it's your group so yeah they're not completely independent you'll see some overlaps there yeah which i think was going to be one of my questions it's like there's a sense that um you as we're talking about these spaces being important or being necessary to the life and the function of each individual microchurch uh and maybe certain ones coming a little bit more naturally than others whether or not these spaces have to be engineered and thought of or how much of that is uh organic it just naturally evolves like as people are doing outreach they're like oh man we should probably have a space for these people to gather uh yeah and it sounds like perhaps there is a little like to a certain extent there is a little bit of engineering involved here but a lot of it can be organic and they do kind of interact with each other i think that depends on the the skill set and the gift set of the leader. Okay. Right? So I'm much more of an engineer. Yeah. You know, from the jump. I got diagrams, <laughs> lists, bullet points, you know. Uh, and it's all it's all Play-Doh to me. I'm like, oh, we could we could adjust all of this. But yeah. 
I'm still going to have that stuff right. available. Right? Right. Other folks are just like, let's just see what happens. And they do because they're actively seeking the face of Jesus and doing it together. And it's very, to me, I'm, I'd be like, oh, it's kind of, they would make me uncomfortable to lead like right. that. But to them, that's their skill set. That's their calling. That's hmm. their gift set. And personality comes into it. So great. Good for them. That's We need that in the body of Christ. We need microchurch leaders there. We're going to be less engineer-like. And then we need some to be a little bit more engineer-like. And right. they, those folks need to sit at the same table and go, wow, you're really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but man, like you seem to really love Jesus too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so for someone who's thinking about, okay, I'm, I'm, that's super helpful. I have a bit more clarity on how to kind of utilize those spaces. But then I'm thinking about this whole concept of potentially missional Christians, both identification and then activation. Uh, yeah, what kind of advice or um, yeah thoughts would you have for them as they're thinking about how do I identify, how do I activate, how do I build that pipeline? Um, well, I think you have to think, is it proactive or reactive? Mm. Like, okay, we just ran into a random Christian. Right. We're reacting to that event. What do we do? You know, what's the first step? What's what's the open door to that person? Is it just coming to our modalic space and Bible study and just, hey, man, come hang out. And if you like it, stick around and you'll get activated, you know. <laughs> or is it proactive? Like, yo, we need some volunteers for this event that we're running for foster care kids. Mm. And we need to connect with uh, the larger body of Christ in the in the city and so we have some relationships, pre-existing relationships or, you know, with, with a couple of different faith communities, churches. Let's give them a call, yeah. you know, and like proactively try to set up a partnership or, hmm. or connection points. Or if you're just actively going, man, you know, like we just had a season, my microchurch, where, you know, there there's a couple of people that's like they knew a lot of Christians. Mm. They just happened. To, they just got around. And it was like, whoa, man, you know a lot of Christians. They, they don't annoy you. They're like, they annoy us a little bit, you know? <laughs> I was like, man, because I, I don't really like them very much, you know? Yeah. And I am a Christian. And I barely like myself. <laughs> you know, it was just weird, you know? They, yeah. they were just like, oh, yeah, we did, they had a ton of networks, like hmm. Christian networks. Yeah. And so it kind of becomes part of the question, like, all right, do we, do we proactively try to connect with those people as this microchurch mm. you know so you know maybe maybe not and it's just something to, to consider kind of going forward um uh we we decided not to right. um uh but well actually that's that's not entirely true we, we decided not to until this one couple were just like just actually all these people kept coming to them hmm. like like uh if you start something i'll come to it like you're the only like real mature Christian I know. So hmm. all these Christians kept coming to this one couple, yeah. you know, and asking them like, if you'll do something, I'll, I'll, I'm there type of thing. And so they just, they kind of came to us and said, what do we do with this? Yeah. And we said, well, maybe, maybe our microchurch should pivot and open the doors to these PMCs and see what happens hmm. type of thing. Um, and so, so that's, that kind of happened too. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I think you got to figure out proactive, reactive, and then just look at what's what's in front of you. And at at the end of the day, you do have to ask, 
what's really their first step? Right. What's what's their first dipping their toe in missional waters? Mm. You know, and yeah. and then how do we explain that to them? Is it just modeling? Hey, come with me to gamers. You know, hmm. is that all there is? Yeah, it doesn't have to be like a whole program. It's just be like, hey, just come with me. You know, mm. yeah, as yeah. <laughs> simple as that. Or is it like a volunteer program where there might be a little bit of training involved before you can work with foster care kids because right. legality and you don't want the kids to get hurt and stuff like that. So it's like there's act no, there's actually a program here, hmm. you know. Uh, so it depends on the microchurch. That's good. That's good. And maybe that's a good place to kind of uh, wrap up this conversation because some of that kind of taps into a little bit of discipleship, which is what we're going to get into in the next episode. Uh, is just what does it actually look like to disciple people? Um, and so uh, if you're listening to this and you're wondering, okay, this is super helpful. I would love uh, just a resource or something around this that kind of solidifies this language and makes things a little bit more concrete, well, you are in luck. If you go to tampaundergroundcom slash toolkit, which is our missionary toolkit, you'll find a resource there uh, called the two types of microchurches. And so it talks about the incubator distributive, uh, also the mission specific, talks about these sodalic and modalic spaces and the ways that they are important to the life of any microchurch. So I would point that uh, in your direction if you're looking for a next step. But thank you so much for listening. This has been Microchurches. Until next time.